glorified. And we want to be praised and glorified. And we pray for peace and for blessings on all his noble messengers. And in particular, the last of them all, the blessed in our first class, we looked at the Surah by turning to 
Mawlana Fadlur Rahman Ansari Rahimahullah and that excellent chapter of his which I believe is being circulated today uh, from his book The Quranic Foundations and Structure of Muslim Society I urge you to read that chapter entitled The Style and the Structure of the Quran in which he points out that uh, the Quran can be approached at different levels for understanding it. The first thing was the common sense level, you remember? And everybody is equipped with the capacity to approach the Quran at the common sense level. For that you need only one piece of equipment. You need your religious what is the religious concept? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the great programmer, when He created us at the dawn of creation, He programmed us. The Quran tells us that He addressed all the progeny of Adam alayhi salam. And He asked them, What is the question? Anybody? Allah's to be people. Am I not your Rabb? And everyone replied, Alu, Bala. Yes, why not? We do affirm that you are our Lord. That is your religious practice. However, there are some people who forget their Lord, and because they forget their Lord, they pay the price of forgetting themselves and therefore losing their religious consciousness. Wala Jakunu Suratul Hashab. Wala Jakunu and do not be Kelladina as those are Nasullah who forget Allah. Fa'ansahu Amfusahu. And in consequence of turning away from Allah, taking Allah out of the political process, Taking Allah out of the economy, taking Allah out of the educational system, so Hazel Manning now has a problem, you know, has. Taking Allah out of entertainment, taking Allah out of sports, taking Allah out of the bedroom, taking Allah out of the kitchen, taking Allah out of all human activities, called secularism. So in the process of turning away from Allah, you forget Allah, and the Christ that you pay is you forget your own self. So you lose your religious consciousness. Allah says, He sets a seal on the heart. And He sets a seal on the hearing. And He puts veils before your eyes so you can't see. So you can go to the Quran as much as you want. The Quran is not for you. Hmm? But for those who have not lost that religious consciousness, the farmer, the fisherman, whoever you are, you can approach the Quran with the religious consciousness and you can get the common sense level understanding of the Quran. <coughs> so then Mulan Ansari points to a second level which he calls, what is it? The probe, probe level, C-R-O-B-E, in which you dig deep. To go beyond the surface meaning, you dig deep. The probe level. And he said for the probe level, you need something beyond the religious consciousness. It's a big word he calls it this. 
theoretical function, meaning you need to use your reason, your capacity for concepts, for ideas, for reasoning. Uh, and I added something very small to what my teacher said, theoretical consciousness. We also have to bring the internal, intuitive, spiritual impact to reach to this old level. But in fact, my contribution is very minor because the word which the Quran uses for the intellect is al-aqal. 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 I a Q L I A L A L A And Al A or the intellect which uses the theoretical consciousness is not only the mind, the Quran says the Aqal is also in the heart. So in order to reach the in-depth meaning of the Qur'an, you have to probe into it. And Moana says that for that, you have to turn beyond the arrangement of the Qur'an, which is the received one, in which you have Alhamdulillah, Alameen as the first ayah, Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim, Maliki Yawmini in this order, or he calls it this sequence, and I use that clumsy word, the arrangemental sequence. I wish someone could help me get a better word than that. He said that in addition to this sequence or this arrangement, the, I don't know whether the Arabic word Nidam, we we'll say Nidam. <laughs> Niva, Niva means order or arrangement. Niva might be the correct Arabic word for the order in which the Quran is now arranged. So in Surah Al-Fatiha comes first and then Surah Al-Baqarah so. He said in addition to this sequence, the Quran has another sequence. And that is the sequence in which it was revealed. In which the first revelation happened to give a call. The last revelation which came after the farewell Hajj, he returned to Medina. He now has only about 81 days left in his blessed life. And then came the last revelation in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala declared war, he and his messenger, against those who persist in riba, even after the revelation has come down. The fact, Mawlana Sari would argue, the, the fact that Allah is this first, a crop, read, read, he would say, well the first implication is that the Muslim community must be totally literate. Would that be the first implication? A Muslim community must be a hundred percent literate to be able to read and write. Fidel Castro, 
Fidel Castro took over in Cuba in 1958. And within 25 years, Cuba was 100% literate. Pakistan, Pakistan came into being in 1947 with about 25 or 26% literacy and it has now fallen to about 16%. <laughs> Mulana Sari would say the first implication that Allah shows that as the first revelation is that the Muslim community must be literate, must be able to, to read and write. And when you have the capacity to read, what is the first thing you should read? And all through your life you should read, up to the last day you should read. The Book of Allah. The Book of Allah. If you have your PhD in nuclear physics, subhanAllah, look at that. You can't read the Quran. Kind of wrong priority there, isn't it? You've got a string of degrees. In this and that and the other discipline. But you've never yet attempted to study the Quran. Something wrong there. And the fact that the last revelation is on Ramadan, Quran Sari would argue that there is a mountain of a warning in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala choosing Ramadan as his last revelation. Meaning, that the most dangerous attack which can ever be launched which can ever be launched on the integrity of a Muslim community to paralyze you, to enslave you, to destroy you is the attack of Rima. And so Maulana asks that we turn to the big word, the chronological sequence chronological meaning when did this revelation come down? When did this come down? And when did this come down? Finally he says that uh, you must not study the part without relationship with the whole. For him the whole is more than simply the sum of the parts. And of course, he's not the first to argue that. Many other distinguished scholars argue the same thing. That you must first locate the thread which binds everything together in an integrated, harmonious whole. And what did he call that thread? Yeah, That which binds everything together as a whole, what did he call it? The system of meaning. Because he wrote this book in the English language, I don't know what is the Arabic equivalent for system of meaning. And Molana is no longer in the world, so I have to guess. The system here would be Nizam and meaning ma'ana, Nizam ma'ana, system of meaning. The system of meaning, he says, of the whole Qur'an must be located. The system of meaning of a whole surah must be located. And then after you have discovered that system of meaning, then you go to the study of the path. This is where we ended. 
the last class. I want to add something now for you to think about and for me to also think about. And that is that in Surah Al-Nahl, Surah number 16, and the ayah is number 89, do you remember what Allah says? وَنَزَّلْنَا عَلَيْكَ الْكِتَابَ تِبْيَانًا لِكُلِّ شَيْءٍ and we sent down the book, the Quran, sent it down on the O Muhammad in order that this book might explain all things. In order that this book might explain all things. And in this book there is guidance and that explanation and guidance to Rahma from Allah. And for those who submit to it and utilize it, push around good news, glad tidings for the people, the Muslims. But in order for the Quran to explain all things, the Quran must explain the unfolding historical process, history as it is unfolding until history reaches its climax. The Quran must explain that. Hmm? And so no one could ever have a hint in his life that the totality of the knowledge of the Quran. Could his new knowledge come in? Huh? So that's the first problem we have. Is that we may look at the Quran, we may look at the Surah, and we may say, well, this is the central theme of this Surah. And lo and behold, a hundred years later, as events unfold, the Quran reveals new meaning, new knowledge coming up. And so what you said was wrong, <laughs> because you didn't have the totality. A second ayah of the Quran, uh, it is in Surah to Surah Al-Hamim Sajda, Surah number 41, and the ayah is number 53. And Allah says, Sanurihim, Sanurihim, we shall show them ayatina, our ayat, our signs, our messages, fil afaq, in the distant horizon, the external world out there. For the Ampusihim and in the human universe, our signs shall constantly be unfolding out there in the external universe, the material universe, and here within the human universe. Hatta, as these signs unfold, Hatta. يَتَبَيَّنَ لَهُمْ أَنَّهُ الْحَقِّ As these signs unfold, they will confirm with absolute certitude the truth of the Qur'an. In other words, the Qur'an is saying, new knowledge will constantly be coming into the world. The frontiers of knowledge will constantly be extended. And as the frontiers of knowledge are extended, 
they will confirm what is in this book. So none of us can say that we have a grasp of the total message of the Quran. None of us. It is always partial. And whatever grasp that we have of the Quran, partial is what Allah chooses to bestow. Remember what we just recited, Allah la ilaha illa huwa al-hayyul qayyum la ta'akhuzuhu sinatum wa la naum lahu ma fi s-samawati wa ma fi l-am ma'adha al-lari yashfa'u indahu illa bi'ithi ya'lamu ma bayna aydihim wa ma khalfahum Amen? Wala يُحِيدُونَ أَحَاكًا يُحِيدُ to embrace وَلَا يُحِيدُونَ بِشَيْءٍ مِنْ عِلْمِهِ إِلَّا لِمَا شَاءٍ يُقْتِنَانَ وَالْقْرَانَ Anything of Allah's knowledge and the Quran is Allah's knowledge except of Allah for this individual and so the goal of ever achieving a total grasp of the totality of the Qur'an is something that is new, new every human being. We can only have partial grasps of the Qur'an. <coughs> we said that our approach to the study of Surah Al-Qur'an is one in which we will concentrate on how the surah explains the modern age. And in that connection, we are concerned with what the Prophet said of Islam in which he linked Surah al with Dajjal. In order to get it to this probe level, we turn now to the chronological sequence of the revelation of the Quran, of the Surah. At the beginning, the Prophet Islam engaged in private preaching. And then he went public. When he went public, it eventually resulted in a boycott, which lasted for three years. They would not buy from us, they would not sell to us. They would not marry our women, they would not give us their women for marriage. The boy. And then at the end of that boycott, Abu Talib died. This is the year 10. So far the tribe, Banu Hashim, was under the leadership of Abu Talib. So the tribe was protecting him. But now Abu Talib is dead. And who take over, who take over the tribe? Huh? Abu Lahab. Abu Lahab take over the tribe. He is now the new leader. So the protection which was there is no longer there. So now he seeks protection by traveling to Taib. Taib. And then you know what happened time? They stole him. Blood is flowing from his body. We never get one stone in our life. But he's the messenger of Allah. 
And then after his return from Zion, this is the lowest point in his mission. Eleven years of work by the last messenger of Allah. And it seems as though we wish dead end. But he's not given up hope. No. It is at this moment of despair, it is at this moment that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives him this mirage. And he sees all of this to come. He sees everything. This is the year 11 after the fall. After this comes in the month of the Hajj of the year 11, the first week, the first pledge of Aqaba. And then again in the month of the Hajj in the year 12, the second pledge of Aqaba, the invitation to come to Marina from the house of the Hadras. And then in the year 13, in the month of uh, Rabiul Awal, the Hijra, the Medina. So this is 13 here. Yeah. This is 13. And this is 12. And this is 11. And now from here begins history calendar after the Hijra. So once the year 1 starts. It is somewhere over here. In the year 11, between the year 11 and the year 12, the Surah Al-Kaf is revealed. And Allah knows best. What can ever be asked of the decision of these matters. What are the circumstances surrounding the revelation of the Surah? The Quraysh have been placed on the horns of a dilemma. They don't know what to do. They have tried everything that they could try to resolve the problem of a man who grew up in their midst, who was given a place of honor and esteem amongst his fellow men because of his honesty and integrity. They called him Al-Amin, who was married to a wealthy woman who had a very high status in the society and that increased his status. He lived an exemplary life and then suddenly at the age 40, oh he never worshipped the idols, they noticed that. At the age 40, a man who could not read and could not write, a man who had never composed any poetry in his life, was not a poet. And now Arabia is challenged. On the battleground where Arabia considered itself most powerful. A new message comes which declares that the worship of the idols is false. There's only one God. He's not only the God of Nakka, but he's the God of all the rest of the world. What are you talking about? No, no, no. We must have our own God. Let them get their own God. It's our God. <laughs> Are you coming and telling us that our God is also the God of all the rest of mankind? We can't take that. Something stunning to them. And the God, who is the God of all mankind, is the God who has given rights to all human beings. And so this system of dominance 
in Norwegia, economic dominance in which an elite enslaved people and utilized slave labor was something abhorrent. The women had no rights at all. Women were like cattle. You buy them, you sell them, you inherit them. Huh? You use them, you discard them, you dispose of them. Not at all. The new message says no. Women have rights similar to men. Arabia was asked by this. And this man who is delivering this message now speaks and from his mouth emerges verses. The Quran, which he says are revealed. But the literary form, the eloquence, the excellence of what comes out of his lips is such that Arabia has no response, can't answer. Because Even though they were to be idols. 
they circumcise, not behave, male circumcision. And they derived it from Ibrahim and Islam. So you don't know why they're worshipping idols. They made the Qurbani every year. And they did this Qurbani in commemoration of that Qurbani. Ibrahim Islam and his son, Ismail Islam. They did even though they were worshipping idols. And they made Ketika. Every year they made Ketika. Because Ketika had come from Ismail salam, part of the religion of Ibrahim So they had links with the religion of Ibrahim salam. So they said, let's send to the Jews, the Ramas, and ask them, how can we tell whether this man Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is indeed a true prophet of Allah. Like unto Ibrahim alayhi salam and Ismail alayhi salam, our father the Arabs. The rabbi responded. And the rabbi said, ask him three questions which only a true prophet can answer correctly. If he answers them correctly, and the rabbi is the same, hey, that's not possible, he can't do that. He's not a Jew. If he answers them correctly, then he is indeed a true prophet. And if he does not, then he's a rogue. So you pop your opinion of him. What were the three questions? which only a prophet could answer. Remember that the Jews had lots of prophets who came to them. Prophet Muhammad said that there was never a time from the time of Nabi Musa السلام, to the time of Nabi Isa when Nabi Israel did not have a prophet. Continuously they have prophets. So these prophets must have communicated to Banu Israel information which only a prophet would know. So they then asked him about the young man of old who fled into a cave and had a wondrous story. And asked him about the great traveler who traveled to the two ends of the earth and asked him about the roof. Asked him about the roof. Well, wow. Uh, the body, body would be the kitten. The self, that is the eye, the self, would be the nuts, N-A-F-F, nuts, J-I-S-M-K. The body would be the chism, the self would be the nuts, and the spirit, Or 
soul would be the rule. Alright? I'm using Monana's very similar here. Ask him about the rule. These are the three questions. Now, you need to be more than a historian to answer this. Because only a prophet can answer it. So the delegation came back. We actually have the names of the members of the delegation. The delegation came back to Bhakta and then the Quraysh posed the question to the Prophet And he said, I will answer you tomorrow. And he forgets to say? Ah. He to say? Inshallah. I don't think he forgot. I think Allah forced him to forget. It didn't happen by accident. Allah knows that. So the next thing, when they came to him for the answer, if you were Shukrabiyu, Al-Islam didn't come. I don't have the answer. I don't forget the answer. And then the next day again no answer, and then the next day again no answer. And now the Quraysh began to rejoice. Aha! This is victory, this smelling victory now. After all these eleven years of struggle, now we have him. So he can answer the question. Two weeks back, and the Muslim community is in a state of consternation. Some Muslims left Islam during this period of time. After two weeks, then Jibrail al Islam came. And he answered question one. And that answer was placed in Surah Al-Gat. And he answered question two. And that answer was placed in Surah Al-Gat. But question three was answered in a very terse form. Very terse, brief, concise. And that answer was not put in Surah to death. It was put in the Surah before Surah to death. And nothing happens in the Quran by accident. What was the answer to question 3? You'll find it at the end of Surah to Bani Israel, which is Surah number 17. And the question reads, O Muhammad alayhi salatu wasalam, about the rope. Now this is a tricky question. Why? Because Allah says in the Quran about the rope, that after he took the mud, water, mud, created man, Adam alayhi salam, he said, وَنَفَقْتُ فِيهِ مِنْ Ruhi. Ruhi. And I breathe it into it of my roof. Of my roof. 
So Allah presented a rule. What is this rule that Allah presented that He brings into mankind? And then the human being also now possesses the roof that Allah gave in its way. So this is roof, and that is roof, and then تَنَزَّلُ الْمَلَائِكَةُ وَالْرُوحُ فِيهَا بِإِذْنِ رَبِّهِمْ مِنْ كُلِّ أَمْرِ سَلَامٌ هِيَا حَتَّى Hmm. On that night, is also known as Ruh al-Qudus. For example, Nabi Isa alayhi salam could walk on water. You don't try to do that then. <laughs> he can walk on water. Huh? He can cure those who are blind and restore their sight. He can cure the ones suffering from leprosy and stuff. How can he do all these things? The Quran says, وَأَيَّدْنَاهُ بِرُوحِ الْقُدُسِ We strengthen him with the Holy Ghost. The Christians call it the Holy Ghost. Jibra'il alayhi salam. Because of this he can take fun, shape it in the form of birds, blow into it, and by Allah's deeds they become living birds and fly away. So you have ruh, which is the human spirit. You have Ruh, which is the divine spirit. You have Ruh, which is the Rahil alayhi salam. The Hindus, the Hindus speak of Atma, the human soul. They speak of Param Atma, the divine soul. And they say that it is the destiny of mankind when once they can escape from the cycle of constant rebirth to be reabsorbed into Paramatma. So now, what is proof? Tricky question. The answer comes down, what is proof from an embryology? Say to them, say this to them, Say only this to them. Say nothing more than this to them. That the Ruh is by Allah's command. وَمَا أُوْتِيْتُمْ مِنَ الْعِلْمِ إِلَّا قَلِيلًا And we have not given you knowledge of this subject except little bit. This is the answer to question 3. Why is this answer put in Surah Bani Israel? But the other two answers are put in Surah Tulkah. I want to suggest, if I may, 
that the fact that the divine wisdom separated the answers. This one over there, these two over here, indicates that there is something different which separates this question from these two. What could that be? And now I'm giving you my opinion. And of course, whenever I give my opinion, you are free to accept, you are free to reject, and Allah will accept. The question is, why did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put one answer over there and the other two here? In attempting to answer that question, you must first go to the great problem. And the question be about Dhul Kapnein. Kapnein? Kap means a horn. So Kapnein means two horns. Daniel is supposed to have a three to two horns. But Kap can also mean an age, or an epoch. So Kapnein, two ages. A man who impacts on two ages. Dhul Kapnein possesses power. Allah has endowed him with power to pursue any objective he wants to pursue. So he is the superpower of the world. But Zulkarnayn also possesses faith. So with Zulkarnayn, power rests on the foundation of faith. We travel in one direction, to the west, and we will have a detailed look at this. And then he travels in a second direction, the east, and the answer is given. Because the question was, a man who travels, a great traveler has traveled to two ends of the earth. But the answer does not end there. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala goes on to speak about a third journey. And in that third journey, the subject of Bhagat Magadhi is introduced. Which indicates that Allah's judgment Allah's wisdom, He knew that when they asked about the two journeys, in fact, they wanted to know whether He knew about the third journey. And therefore, whether He knew about God and not God. And God and not God is a something which only a prophet of One of the ten major signs of the last day. And so now we know while question 3 was a direct question, the target of the question is direct. It's pretty but direct. Question 2 is not a direct question. The target of the question was not directly approached. Rather it was indirect. Ask, tell us about the great traveler who traveled to the two ends of the earth. Whereas in fact, they wanted to know about the third journey to the Nazareth. And in the third journey, they wanted to know whether they knew about God and not God. One of the major signs of the life. From this, I understand that since this is put in Surah Sukkot, question one about the young man and the cave would be a similar question to question two. Maybe the target of the question is not directly addressed. 
asking about the young men in the cave. Where in fact they want to know whether he knows about something else. One of the major signs of the last thing. What do they think? The problem is, who told us, we stand sooner to account for protection from that. Uh, and so my opinion is that these two questions are in this surah. And that question, the answer is in that surah. Because Allah is telling them, I know the difference between this one and this. This one is a direct question requiring a direct answer. These two are indirect. And the real target of these two are Gabriel Magad and Sajjah. When we come back next week, inshallah, we're going into the very interesting part of this subject now. Where we're going to look into the answers given in the Quran. This is our preliminary look. So later on, we're going to go even deeper. Preliminary look into the answers given to question one and question one. And finally, before we begin to 
today's class, let us revise once again the ten major signs of Yawmul Qiyama. Remember the word Yawm means day. But when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses the word day, it does not necessarily mean the day as we know the day. For example, he says in the Quran that there is a day with him which is like 50,000 years by your counting. And he says in the Quran that there is a day with him which is like 1,000 years by your counting. He says in the Quran that he created the heavens and the earth in how many days? Six days. And he says in the Quran that he created the earth in two days. Obviously, these cannot be days as we know them. Because these days came into being only after the creation of the heavens and the earth. So Yawmul Qiyama, the day of Qiyama, is not. It's a fleeting moment in time. But a day which can last for a long time. Kiyama means the day of the great catastrophe, the great of evil, which will herald the end of the world as we know it. And then there will be the Bahasuba Adal Maut, the resurrection. The earth will now be transformed into an earth which will be different from this, a earth. And the heavens will be transformed into that which will be different from this, a new world will come into being when we are raised back to life. But before that, you have this Kiyama. Yawmul Qiyama, the day of Qiyama, which therefore can be a long period of time. And the Prophet mentioned these as the major signs of Qiyama. Obviously these cannot take place in 24 hours. Okay? When we give these 10 major signs, I forgot to mention it, I don't know whether I mentioned it, we are not giving them in the order in which they occur. No. Because the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu did not give us these signs in the order in which they will occur. So we don't know the order in which they will occur. Number one is Dajjal, al-Masih al-Dajjal, Dajjal, who will impersonate al-Masih, the Messiah. We have one entire class devoted to an introduction to the Dajjal The Christians call him the Antichrist. Number two, yes, you gentlemen, you, your God and my God. And today, we're going to get the first introduction to God and my God. Yes, you gentlemen. Number three, 
the research of the son of Mary. Number four, spoke, Yohai, which is the name of one of the surahs of the Quran. Number five, Dabbatul Ab, a beast of the Ab. Ab means earth, Ab means land, Ab means territory. Many times the Quran uses the word Ab in the context of the last day and it means the holy land. So this could mean a beast which will emerge out of the holy land. Number six, that the sun will rise from the west. We have not as yet attempted to explain that in this class, have we? No. Number seven, eight and nine, three movements of the earth, three landslides, the earth opening and swallowing what is swallowed. One in the east, one in the west, and the third one in Arabia. Uh, during the question and answer period we had last week, uh, this question was answered. Was it not your question? No. Somebody asked a question and we answered about this. Third of these three signs, the one in Arabia. The one in the east, one in the west, and one in Arabia. We can repeat it again today. And number ten, that a fire will come out of Yemen and would drive people to their place of assembly, Hashar. That place of assembly is described by Nabi Muhammad as the plain of Arafat, where they just had the Hajj. Now let us come to the subject of today's lecture, having revised these text signs, make the signs. The Quraysh decided when everything they had tried had failed to stop Islam, they decided, well, let us send a delegation to that city to the north, which was then called Yathrib. Now today it's called Medina. And let us ask the rabbis because they are the ones who know about the subject of prophets and scriptures and thought. Let us ask them, how can we tell whether this man, sallallahu is indeed a prophet, like unto Abraham, alayhi salam, Moses, alayhi salam, etc. The delegation went, and in your handout you have the names of the people who went. And the rabbi said, ask him these three questions, which only a prophet can answer. Hence, these questions are such that the answer, the data that you need, is not to be found in the books of history. Huh? The data that you need for answering this question comes down only from Allah directly in Revelation. So only a prophet can answer these questions. 
ask him about the root. And we mentioned last time that this is a tricky question. Because the root is the human spirit, the human soul. But if we speak of the human self, what word would we use? Not root, would we use? Nuts. Nuts. And the human body would be so ask him about the rope could be the human spirit or soul. But it could also be Jibrail alayhi salam tanazzalul malaikatu war ruhu fiha On that night, Laylatul Qadr, the angels come down and the ruh comes down. Over here Ruh would be Jibra'il And then the third possible answer, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created mankind from mud, from water, then from mud, He said, وَنَفَخْتُ فِيهِ مِنْ رُوحِي And then I, نَفَخْتُ I breathe in, first person singular, I breathe into him of my ruh, my ruh. So a divine ruh, a human ruh, and the Holy Ghost of Ibrahim al Islam says. Tricky question. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala answers that the question is located in Surah Bani Israel. Surah to Bani Israel, which is Surah number 17, it is also known as Surah to Isra, two names. وَيَسْأَلُونَكَ عَنِ الْرُوحِ Translation, and they question thee, yani O Muhammad al-Islam in parenthesis, and they question me about the rope. Could say to them, say, and in parenthesis to them, could say, O Muhammad get at this answer. Could, could the rope of an angry rope say that the rope is by Allah's command? That is a brief answer, you will never get that. Hey, does the roof is by Allah's command, which covers all three possibilities. وَمَا أُوْتِيْتُ مِنَ الْعِلْمِ إِلَّا قَلِيلًا And we have not given you of knowledge, meaning, of this subject in particular, knowledge in general, illa qalila, you got only a little bit of knowledge. One would have expected that the rabbis, having given the questions, would show an interest in the answers which are given. Yet very strangely, after the Hitra, 
And this is an event which takes place before the Hijra. After the Hijra and the Prophet arrived in Medina, there are Jews who come up to him and ask him the same question. Why? Because the answers had not been communicated to the people. The rabbis conceal the answer. The Prophet then repeated what had come down. That the rule is by Allah's command. And of knowledge we have not given to you but a little. So they ask, when Allah says that you've been given only a little bit of knowledge, is he referring to us, the Jews, or to them, the pagan Arabs? <coughs> the Prophet replied in both. He's referring to both of you. Now here are people who believe that they have an exclusive relationship with Allah. They are the chosen people of Allah. Heaven is reserved for them. They are the elite of mankind. And for them to be bracketed with the pagan Arabs who they consider to be an illiterate people like cockroaches. And to be told that both of you are in the same boat. You don't have any real knowledge about this subject. It's certainly a matter that cuts them down besides. And then came question two, asked came about the great traveler who traveled to the two ends of the earth. The answer came down, did we mention last week about the Isha'Allah business? We don't have to that. The answer came down, but by divine command, the answer is now located in Surah Al-Kaf, not Surah Bani Israel. Again, when responding to the question, Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala uses exactly the same language. Over there was, and they asked me about the rule. Say to them. Over here is, and they asked me about Zulkarnay. Qul sa'atlu alayko minhu zikar. Say to them, I will tell you part of the story. And so there is clearly a similarity between question one and question two. Because the answers begin in the same way. But there's a difference in that the answer to question one is put in Surah to Bani Israel and the answer to question two is put in Surah to so now we have to find out what's the difference 
and what's the similarity? And then comes question three. Asking about the young men of old disappeared in a cave. The actual text of the question is located in your your handout. The answer comes down to this question, but Allah does not say, and the question be about the young men. Say to them, no, that is not there the answer. But the answer is located in Surah al So there is a similarity between question 2 and question 3. Because both the answers are located in Surah Al-Kaf. But there is a difference between question 2 and question 3. And that difference is highlighted in the fact that the way that Allah answers the question is different. Alright? Now let us attempt to locate the similarities and the differences in these three questions. To locate the similarity between question 1 and question 2, It's simple. The answer is provided in direct response to the question. You want to know about the roof? Here's the roof. You want to know about Zulkarnay? Here's Zulkarnay. Therefore, what you want to really know about the third question not the same as question 1 and 2. Something different about question 3. You want to know about root? Here's the answer. You want to know about Zulkarnik? Here's the answer. What is it therefore that's different about question 3? We have to locate. Now for the difference between question 1 and question To locate the difference between question 1 and question 2, we have to examine question 2, the answer given. Ask him about the great traveler who traveled to the two ends of the earth. And so the Quran responds and identifies the great traveler as Zulkarnay, this is not a name, it's a title. Zulk means the one who possesses. Karnay means to karn. Karn can mean a horn. Karn can mean an age or an epoch. So the one who possesses two horns. When we go back in history, and we try to find out is there anything in history about two horns, the first answer that comes, usually comes, is about the prophet Daniel, who had a dream. 
connected with two horns. But is the Quran speaking of two horns here or two ages? Because some name could be two ages. We have to try to answer that. So, the one who possesses two horns or the one who impacts on two ages. He is a he is a servant of Allah, possessing faith in Allah, a believer. But Allah has bestowed upon him power. Power. A power to pursue whatever objective he chooses to pursue, and therefore a superpower, a ruling power. When power rests on the foundations of faith, and that power rules the world, how will power be used? Let us repeat. When power rests on the foundations of faith, faith in Allah, and that power rules the world, the ruling power, ruling state in the world, how will power be used? Lucarne travels in the direction of the setting of the sun, which is west, until he comes to a big expanse of water, so that the farthest west that he can go. It's not shallow water, it's very deep water, murky water. And the Quran says that he came across the people. And Allah asks, how are you going to deal with these people? When power rests on the foundations of faith, how will power be used in relation to people? Zulkarnain replies and he says that those who are guilty of acts of hulk, oppression, injustice, wickedness. I will punish them. And so power, power will be used to punish the oppressor. Don't forget that. Keep that stopped away. Power will be used to punish the oppressor. And when the oppressor goes back to you, you will punish him as well. So you get in his head, and you get in his head. Which means that when power rests on the foundations of faith, there will be an essential harmony between this world here and that world there. What a world that would be. Those on the other hand who have faith and whose conduct is righteous, not just faith, but faith 
and whose conduct is righteous. I will treat them nicely. They will be rewarded and I will treat them nicely. And so when power rests on the foundations of faith, that power is used to protect and preserve and sustain the body and the righteous. What a world! What a world! The Quran then describes the second journey. He now travels in the direction of the rising of the sun. And there he comes across the people for whom we have not provided any other protection from the elements, any other covering than the bare covering that they had. In other words, a people living at the subsistence level. Trinidad has the ever-expanding phenomenon of squatters and those who have a stake who are stakeholders in the state wish that these squatters would just disappear. They like a fly in the ointment. They make us look bad. They make our experiment look like a failure. It's what they The Quran describes those names coming across a people for whom we have provided nothing more than the covering. Sitam to cover. Tata, the one who covers. Allah. Can't we cover our sins? But God, simply covering. So in people living a primitive way of life is also a possibility. Or in people living at a subsistence level. Last year, was it uh, April? We went to Paris? April? Yeah, I think it was April last year. We went, my wife and I went to Bangladesh. And uh, they took us on a drive from Dhaka way down to the south of the country, the seacoast, Oxford Bazaar. And then along the seacoast, way down to the border with Burma. And when we went to Oxford Bazaar, we saw the beaches. Eighty miles of beach, one long stretch. And there we found the Muslims from Burma who had been thrown out of Burma and are now refugees. Bangladesh is already poor. They have nothing to share with those who are refugees because Riba has ripped the Bangladeshi economy dry. And we saw these people living on the beaches. They don't know where tomorrow's food is going to come from. Allah feeds them the way Allah feeds the birds. And we saw these little children, seven, eight, nine years of age, becoming experts of getting from the sea their sustenance. 
experts in getting the shells and the crumbs and the baby shrimps that they would sell for two takas or three takas or so. And they would work collecting this, playing in the beach, playing in the waves of the sea. And I said to myself, look at that. Here the poorest of the poor. Here are those who don't know where tomorrow's food is going to come from. And what a wonderful life these people have. I never had a childhood like that. Every day you hear of the seashore. Whenever you want to go and swim, you swim, you stay. A wonderful life. Allow me to care of them. When you meet the people living at a subsistence level, but they are comfortable with their life, they are making do and life providing for them. And you have power. Your power rests on the foundations of faith. How are you going to interact with these people? Are you going to drag them into modernity? Pick them up and put them in good wood box? Look at me. Has the good sense, has the wisdom, has the compassion to leave them as they were, not to disturb them. Now that is wisdom, not to disturb them. The good sense, the wisdom, and the compassion to leave them as they were. So this should have been the answer. Because the rabbi has asked about only two journeys. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala goes on to give a third journey. Because he knew that the real target of the question was not journey one and journey two, but journey three. Huh? He now travels in a third direction, which is neither east nor west. And we will eventually be linking it south as well when we take up the subject in detail, not today. So the only thing that remains now is north, the northern direction. He travels in a third direction, and there he comes across the people. Whose language could not be understood. For a man who travels with his army across the dead known world to come across the people whose language was not known would indicate that here are people who have lived isolated from the rest of mankind. Isolated from the rest of mankind. Now that is absolutely crucially important information. The people who have lived hitherto isolated from the rest of mankind. There have never been any interaction with the rest of mankind, like for example, trade, business and trade, traveling for trade. 
These are people who have never walked on the stage of history. Who are these people? When they were eventually able to communicate, pick up some of the language, these people now address Zulkarnay, who is Jesu in the world. As they say to him, O Zulkarnay, Surely God and Magad are perpetrating facade in, in, in the earth, which means in our territory. Facade means corruption, oppression. Oh, wait a minute now. In answering question two, the Quran goes beyond the first journey and the second journey to speak of a third journey. Because the real target of the question is not answered in the first journey or the second journey. In answering the question, the Quran in going to the third journey now speaks about God and Magad. Ask him these three questions which only a prophet can answer. Meaning, this is information which comes only from Allah. You can't find it in textbooks, in textbooks. So now we know. The real target of question two is God and Magad. The real target of question one was very apparent and plain and clear, the rule. Although it was tricky, with a direct question. A direct question and a direct answer. But question two is different. The real target of question two is concealed. Allah brings it out by going beyond the two journeys to give you the third journey. And the real target is one of the major signs of Fiyama. Now it makes sense. Only a prophet would know about it. Zulkarnain is asked, Can you help us? We are prepared to pay you. Can you build a barrier to protect us from God and Magad? Yet huge and manhuge. I gave a lecture on this subject, must have been in Melbourne or in Brisbane in Australia. And after the lecture was over, this man came up to me probably a university professor or something in the Don't you have time to speak on other subjects? Can't you direct your attention to other subjects which have to be found in the Quran that you should be talking about God and Allah? Why don't you leave your subject in the Quran? The man did not know that God and Allah is located in the Quran. 
not surprising. Because if you take a survey, you find the probably 99 out of every 100 Muslims know absolutely know nothing about the subject. Now, if this is one of the major signs of the, of the last day, and if this subject is dealt with in the Quran, would you not feel suspicious? Somebody is at work brainwashing us, directing our attention to here, there, and everywhere, so that we are no longer capable of directing our attention to the subjects that really matter in order to understand. So I had to, I had to respond to this pathetic situation to point out to this man as gently as I could. Brother, the subject of this part. Can you help us? We prepared to pay. Can you bear the barrier to protect us from God and Magar? The Prophet said, and we will be giving you a handout with all of these hadiths, inshallah, eventually. Yajud is an ummah of Banu Adam. Yajud is an ummah. An ummah means a community of human beings. So they're not some strange creatures with a dozen airs and two dozen noses. They're human beings like you and I. Majud is an ummah of Banu Adam. Yajuj and Mahjuj, the one who is an expert in Arabic drama, and I am not an expert in Arabic drama, would see a kind of a complementarity in the two words. One, the active tense, and the other, the passive tense. Yajuj and Mahjuj. But Yajuj and Mahjuj commit facade. They have PhDs in corrupting everything. And there is a hadith in Sahih Muslim in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks, this is hadith of Qudsi. And he says about Yajur Jannatur, I have created creatures of mine so powerful that none but I can destroy them. And so here are the counterpart in terms of power to Zulkarnay. The opposite to Zulkarnay. Over here power rests on the foundations of hate. Power is used to punish the oppressor. And this establishes harmony between the world here and the world there. And power is used to protect and preserve and sustain the godly and the righteous. The reward. Over here on the other hand, power, similar to that power, superpower, ruling power, rests on foundations which are corrupt. Why should Zulkar's name build a barrier to protect them? Why 
رحمني إذن أعجب كائنه فإذا جاء وعد ربي But when that time comes of which my Lord has warned Ja'adahu zakka Allah is going to bring down this barrier When Allah brings down the barrier then of course God and Madhar are going to be released When God and Madhar are released then the last day has commenced Yawmul Qiyamah has commenced When Yawmul Qiyamah commences, the historical process is going to change. Your tools of analysis must now change. Because the movement of history is going to be different. We had a teacher, a great teacher who taught us at the Alimia Institute of Islamic Studies, Bolan Ansari Brotherman, Dr. Burhan Ahmad Farooqi. That man taught us the subject of the philosophy of history. So when I use the term about the movement of history, because this was taught to us as students at that institute, the tools of analysis with which you will now monitor the movement of history now change. When once the barrier comes down and the Yaobo Diyama commence, With this, the answer has ended. Now comes question three. There is a similarity between question two and question three. The similarity is that both the answers are located in Surah Tukat. But there is a difference between question 3 and question 1 as with question 2 and question 1 meaning that the actual target of the question is not in the question, it's outside. So the young man who fled in the cave but the rabbis want to get something beyond that. In question two, Allah gave them what they wanted. They wanted to know whether Nabi Muhammad knew about God and Madar. Allah gave them the answer directly. What it is they want to know in question three? Only a prophet can answer. Kippur wrote in his rise and fall of the Roman Empire of the story. Many historians have written about this story. The young man who fled in the cave. But it is a matter about which only a prophet can answer. So very clearly, lurking behind the question is something else. What can that be? Our response is, It may certainly be something located here because question two, this was hidden in the question. What is it therefore that is hidden in question three? The answer 
the time is an awesomely important subject. If you want to understand the last day, you have to understand time. To see which one of these groups of young men would understand, would know how long were they there. They were hungry. They sent someone to buy some food. But notice these young men. And whenever I come to this, I always remember Morana Siddhika Patnasya. They said, go with these coins, these silver coins, go down in the village out there, and go and search for that food which is as Leoris uh, food. So anytime I go into the supermarkets, you know what I mean. We examine every table, minutely. Minute examination of every labor to ensure that whatever he buys is halal. Hmm? That's Malana Siddhikapana. When he went down to buy the food, he then found to his great joy that the godless world was in the garbage pit. Yes. And a new world had come. The sunshine had come and the dark night had ended. And those who now control the world were people who had faith in Allah. And they then decided when they learned about this story to build a monument. To preserve the memory of this event, that monument was built with a musket. Here's the story. But having given the answer, Allah goes on to give extra, extra. The rabbis never ask about the dog. No, they never talked about the dog. Allah went on to tell more about the story. Extra, right? Then he took a dog with him. And he, he, told, he spoke about where the dog was lying down, at the entrance of the cave. And he described how the dog was lying down with his four paws stretched out in front of it. So, Allah is responding to the question that they asked. They can't say. They didn't get the answer. He gave them a lie up when he answered them. So they can't complain they didn't get the answer. But they know that the real target of the question was something else. And he does not respond by identifying the real target of the question. He keeps them guessing. And so you will not find the word Dajjal anywhere in the Quran. But in this class you will see how Dajjal is described in Surah Bukhara. This then is our class for today. We have, we have analyzed the three questions and shown the similarities and the differences and we've been able to identify the real targets of the question. After the Salah, inshallah, if you have any questions, we'll try to address the problem. We'll try to address the problem. We'll try to address the problem.